I want to start with just uh, one verse from the book of Psalms. Um, we're going to dive into a few more Psalms later tonight, but this is a Psalm of David. King David writes this. This isn't on the screens, but uh, we're talking about prayer tonight. So Psalm uh, 18, verse 6, David writes this, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called to the Lord. What is prayer? You know, we just talk about prayer is just talking to God. And it is talking to God, but I love, David says, I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help, he says. So yeah, prayer's just talking to God, but I totally feel like this is a great, I, I called to the Lord and I cried to God, why? Help. Like sometimes, right, we just need help. We need God-sized help, we, need, we just need God, right? We want to feel close to God, we want to, we want to talk to God. David says, from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Which again, I'm sort of like, does God have ears? And we're made in the image of God. God's not made in our image. Uh, God's person, he's a person, he's personal, but he's not necessarily human, God's spirit. And yet this is just saying, God hears our prayers. Called to the Lord, cried to God, because I need help. Uh, Here's the question I'm going to start with tonight, sort of switching gears a little bit. That was like starting pretty serious. But we're, so we're talking about prayer. Have you ever been asked to pray out loud and it totally took you by surprise? So somebody asked you to pray out loud. If I said, Lizzie, will you pray out loud right now and just intro the whole group? I'm not actually asking you to do that. But have I done that? And yeah, like mission trip. I was going to say some of you, if that's happened, perhaps it's been by me at something here, an SLT meeting, a mission trip meeting. Um, in fact, this year, when we were in the DR, and some of you girls down front were with us, we made a, sort of a big deal about plenty of the students who go to the DR aren't used to praying, uh, maybe at all, but certainly not out loud, right? Praying out loud just feels awkward, and we're not sure how to do it. And so we sort of talked about like trying to prompt anyone who hasn't prayed out loud to do that at some point on the trip. Maybe they're with a group of Dominicans sitting in their house. Um, but it sort of makes feel, I don't know, embarrassed, or but we're put on the spot, right? Maybe for you it's been at a friend's house or at a family gathering that somebody goes, they knew that your family goes to church, and so they said, Maren, will you say the, the blessing for the food? And you're like, what? No. But you can't say no, right? Because you're like, I can't, like, how do I say no to this? Um, I am a Christian. I always get this because I'm a pastor, and so they're like, well, pastor, would you... And I'm like, this is your house, bro. Like, you should just pray for your food. But even because I'm like, we're put on the spot, and so we're usually just not prepared for it. Um, I grew up going to church, and, and just like many of you, nonetheless, that doesn't automatically, right, growing up in church doesn't automatically make us super Christians. We can pray on our own, and we sort of learn how to do that. We'll get into that. But especially praying out loud does not just come naturally. I remember the first couple times when I was your age in high school, we didn't have a middle school youth group in my church, but the first couple times that I was asked to pray out loud and was definitely put on the spot. In fact, here's the secret. I learned this this last Monday night at my own small group. The key, if you're ever in a group, this is just a side note, is when it comes time for prayer, speak up and nominate somebody else to pray, which guarantees that you won't have to. Isn't that? Andy Halperin did that to me on Monday. Anyway, um, but um, I was terrified, right? We're just, you're on the spot, um, you're embarrassed, you want it to sound good. You're like, I know prayers should be easy, it's not complicated, yet when you do it out loud especially, you go, I just don't want to sound like I'm an idiot, uh, I'm, you know, it's supposed to sound a certain way, I'm supposed to use certain words. It's just talking to God, and we know that prayer is for God, and it's about God. It's really sort of like this communication for Him, 
And yet, for many of us, when we start praying, it's all about us, right? Because I feel weird. Um, I said something weird. So even we just got into the, the group, the huddle, and we do that almost every week. And I love that we do that every week. And many of you, like, pray, right? But there are tons of the rest of you that are like, uh-uh, I will never do that. I'm just, why, what would you say, right? You'd go, I'm just not comfortable praying out loud. And so how do we get better? Well, tonight is not about praying out loud. But we are talking about prayer. And the only way to, we learn to pray, to pray is to do it more. And oftentimes we start with prayers that we've heard other people pray, right? And we try to just be like them. We try to sound like them. We assume, though, many times, and again, we know this, you know, like we assume that our prayers should be long or spiritual or just sound sort of eloquent. Um, so for me, every time this topic comes up, the classic illustration that I cannot not think about when we talk about this sort of thing is a movie clip and a certain movie that, again, sort of dates me as I'm getting older because this movie came out in 2000 or 2001 and some of you were born that year in, or those years. So I want to show you a little movie clip from a movie called Meet the Parents. And um, the certain guy, Greg, in the movie was asked to say grace for the food and it's very comical. So you know Ben Stiller from Not at the Museum or, I don't know, Madagascar. Whoa, I'm losing everything. Would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know that. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like a rabbi or something. I <laughs> said grace at many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh... Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly Day by day. By day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, I love it. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? You're like, you go on for five minutes and you use words like smorgasbord. So if I asked any one of you to pray right now or to come up here, would it sound like that? And you go, maybe. Because my goodness, like, uh, Anytime that happens, you're just, how do you start, and what words do you say? And again, I'm not just talking out loud, but... So, in this new series we're starting, If You Only Knew, um, we're going to be talking about a few, three, only three, three-week series, um, of the core spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits, and these are like core, very, very basic stuff, prayer, um, Bible reading, engagement with the Bible, and uh, just going to church, 
Again, very, very core things. But for some of you, you have these nailed down. For others of you, these disciplines, um, they're just hard to implement. Again, we all know we should pray. We all know we should read the Bible. It's, you sort of go, isn't that sort of the essence of Christianity? And yet, we're just so busy, we don't really do it. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Dallas Willard, who was a philosophy professor at, at USC, the University of Southern California. He was a pastor before that, and he died three years ago now or something. But Dallas Willard would actually say that the key that he learned is that the secret of many evangelicals, which is sort of our branch of Christianity, the key, he goes, the secret is that most Christians just really don't pray. They talk about it a lot. They say they will pray. But very often, he goes, they, we really just don't pray, even as much as we tell people we do. Um, but so here's the thing. Maybe you've heard other people talking about praying or reading the Bible in a way that they make it sound like it's, a, it's just incredible. Like what I got out of the Word today or I was having a quiet time or devotion time, or just different prayer stuff. Maybe you know somebody, maybe it's a grandpa or a grandma, but somebody that talks about it like it's amazing. But for you, it's just not. And you just go, am I missing something? Like I have friends, or again, I have relatives, or my parents, and they just talk like it's so incredible. But when I open up the book, or when I sit down to like just talk to God, I just don't know. Like it just doesn't go well. And so um, we go, maybe I'm just too busy, maybe... Like, and maybe we're too busy on purpose, some of us. Maybe we're too busy to read the Bible on purpose, but we just don't see the benefit that others apparently see in it. And so the question is, what if we are missing something? And what if the people that love to do these things see something that is actually right and true and good? And we just got to know that thing that maybe we're sort of missing, but if we only knew what it was, it would change everything. So, when it comes to prayer, a lot of times, what's reality? We just don't want to. Okay, can we just be honest tonight? We just don't want to. Others of you go, well, I don't know if I want to or not. Uh, the other default, like, excuse I know is just, I don't have time. Like, I really, I'm so busy and homework, and all, I just don't have time. But if it comes down to, I just don't want to, here's three reasons why. And there's way more than this, but we started talking about this. Number one, we don't know what to say. How do you start a prayer? In fact, every Wednesday night at 4 o'clock, 4.15, Kessler and I and all of tribe staff, all the interns, we get together and we are supposed to pray at 4.15, but we can't start. And inevitably, the meeting has to be done by 4.30. Starting is just hard. Do you small talk with God? Do you ask how his day is going? Um, we know we start by saying, dear God, do you only list your requests? Or is that selfish? Is prayer supposed to be like that? Or is it not? Or are you supposed to use a certain formula and you praise God first for a couple sentences because that's how it's done? And if you do it the right way, God will answer your prayers, but don't get too selfish. What do you say? Secondly, we don't know how to say it. Uh, maybe like me, you grew up going to church and you grew up hearing church people use some pretty fancy language and they address God with titles like sweet Lord of hosts or other things. I uh, cannot help but mention in Eli, I love this about you, but everyone knows this. When Eli starts and says, Dear Lord Jesus, God, I remember he goes, That's just how I've learned to pray. I'm not making fun of you wherever you're, I don't even know if he's in here. Um, I've started praying that way now. And I remember the first, he was sort of like, sort of all inclusive. I'm just putting every name of God in there. But we don't know how to, you know, how formal, how informal. Jack Archer likes to say, Hey, God. And sometimes I'm a little like, That's fine, Jack, but. Is that a little too disrespectful or too, like, Jesus is my homeboy? Uh, how do we start? We don't know what to say. Um, 
And that's fine, but intimidating. And again, when you're praying out loud, you're like, how does this sound? But number three, we don't know what to expect. How do you have a conversation with someone that doesn't audibly speak back to you? And you go, and that brings up a whole other conversation. Does God speak? And if God speaks, how does he speak? Could he speak back to you audibly? And would you be prepared for that? And what would happen if that? You don't know exactly what to expect. It's sometimes you feel like, maybe some of you, umbrella of grace here, you feel like a four-year-old when you, who has an invisible friend. And you're like, is God even really there hearing this? Or is this just my little talk with Walter or whatever your invisible friend was when you were four or something? Is God even there? The Bible says he hears us, but does he really? And what if he, what if he actually did respond? For most of us, our number one feeling about prayer is that we're not doing it right, or at the very least, we're not doing it often enough. And uh, it's not that we're against God. It's not that we hate the idea of talking to him. It's that we really don't like feeling awkward. And uh, that goes, I think, for adults too, but it's certainly when you're in high school. Am I right that any of you, when you're in any sort of awkward situation, you just want to flee? You want to run away? You want to get out of there as soon as possible? We tend to just avoid awkwardness at all costs. And sometimes prayer is like this. Um, sometimes prayer, we, we approach God like this. What do, you, what do I have here? This is a greeting card. Compliments of connections from Hallmark. This cost me $5. Uh, but we talk to God like a greeting card. What's the problem with greeting cards? Nothing's bad with greeting cards. They're not a bad thing, but uh, they're, they're not written by you, right? We go and buy a card to give to our mom on Monday that was written by somebody who got paid to do it, who's working for Hallmark. Why? Because they say it better than we do, right? And again, that's fine, but here's three things we know about pre-written greeting, greeting cards. They're fake, right? They're formal, and they're impersonal. Now again, I'm not against greeting cards. I buy these, you know, fairly often. This one says this, just beyond our vision, there are angels passing by. Sometimes you may glimpse one from the corner of your eye. Angels watching over us to gently ease our way. Angels bringing love and light to bless us every day. Thinking of you with love and wishing you an angel-blessed day. Isn't that very sweet? Like, it rhymes. Uh, it's wonderful. I got this at Walmart on Monday. Um, but we pray like this. So they're fake. They're not your words, even if they reflect your feelings. Uh, this greeting card company determined, you know, what's said. They're formal, right? The non-funny ones, and you always split up greeting cards, right? But there's the funny ones, and then in my mind, I call them the serious ones. And you got to get the right one for the right occasion, and you don't get funny ones for serious people or vice versa many times, right? But the serious ones, the heartfelt ones, are, are poetic. A lot of times they're sort of sappy and, you know, maybe sort of cheesy. And they use words and phrases that most people don't use in everyday speech, right? Or they're impersonal. Again, they're made by a corporation, not you. And so, basically, you're getting a third party to tell other people how much you care about them. Um, again, not against greeting cards. My point is this. Most of us approach prayer like this, right? Or we can. We're fake. We try to put our best self in front of God. We try to make God sound like we'd get all maybe proper. God, it's been a while, um, and I know I haven't talked to you in a while, but I could really use, you know, we're fake. We're trying to be someone we're not. We're formal. We talk to God like he's a police officer. So this is what's hard, formal and polite. I think it's nice to be polite to God, but sometimes we approach him like the principal of our school or like, how would you talk to a cop? If a cop came up to you, you would be a little bit timid, probably, fully in uniform, certainly if he was next to your car window, 
which meant you were speeding or something. Um, but you just go, I'm not going to mouth off to this guy or talk to him like, I'm not going to ask him about his day. Many of us approach God that way. And Jesus tells us, we know this, Matthew 6, to talk to God like a father. And so how do you talk to your dad? You should be respectful. You can talk to your dad, though, like, you know, you can be comfortable. You should be respectful, but you don't need to talk in formal language. Or third, we're impersonal. We talk to God like someone we don't know and like someone who doesn't know us. And here's what's crazy. We think that this is how we're supposed to pray, many of us, which a lot of times may have something to do with just why we don't pray enough. We pray greeting card prayers. And so here's, um, here's where we're going tonight. We're going again to some more Psalms. The Psalms, like the prayer book in the Old Testament, or in, in all, I guess, all of the Bible. But it's awesome that we get this prayer book in the Old Testament. And even you guys think of the Psalms, many of you, even in some of the Psalms, sort of think there's language in there that we don't use today and they seem so formal. But check this out. David, we're going to look at three of the Psalms of David tonight. And uh, when you think of David, perhaps you think of Goliath and his battling Goliath. You think of him as the king who came after Saul. Um, but you also know, most of you in here know that Saul, or, uh, David screwed up pretty royally at times too. Like he made some pretty serious mistakes. And yet he was really close to God. That David had a prayer life that was credible. In fact, numerous times in the Bible, you know this, many of you, the Bible, God says of David, he was a man after my own heart even though he, he, like, he messed up some too. God says he was a man after my own heart. And David loved to pray, and he talks about how important prayer was to him and to his relationship with God. And so it's almost as if David really needs something that we don't get when we pray. And so if you have a Bible or an app, I want you to turn to Psalm 22. We're going to look at just a couple of verses. Psalm 22, uh, verses 1 and 2. Or pull out your phone and look it up on the app. Um, and this is on the screen as well. Not. I'm not in Psalms. <laughs> Sorry. Psalm 22, 1 and 2. Maybe you've heard this before. But this is David, and he writes this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Um, you know, in Jesus, you've heard this before, right? Because Jesus said this on the cross. That Jesus was being very truthful when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But did you know he was also quoting scripture? When David wrote this prayer, uh, he had some enemies who were, who were out to get him. He felt alone. He felt forsaken. He felt abandoned by God. He was sort of like, God, why is all this crazy stuff happening to me? But talk about honest. Look at this. Just look at the language. How free David goes. Um, I guess there is still a respect there, but just like, God, where are you at? Why have you abandoned me? I feel all alone. Why are you so far from saving me? I don't feel like you're hearing my cries. You're not answering, you're not answering me. I mean, talk about honest. You can hear his emotion, his distress. David's upset. But he doesn't hold back from God. There's nothing fake about this prayer, right? It's real, it's raw, it's authentic. And David goes to the God of the universe and talks to him like this. And we might go, nah, I probably shouldn't do that. But maybe we need to learn something from David about prayer. That here's where we're going tonight, you guys. We need to get brutally honest in our prayers. God knows what you're going through anyway. 
He can handle the, the junk of your life. Whatever emotions you're feeling, whatever you're dealing with at school or with your parents. How about this one? Psalm 28, verse 1. And uh, I'm reading this from the NLT just because it has a little better modern language. I feel like it's a little more up to date. Um, David writes this, another Psalm of David. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. <laughs> like, whoa, are you, David, are you suicidal? And not to joke about that, but you're a little like, whoa, David got a little dramatic there. Um, and yet he's just like, he's not stuffy, he's not formal, he's just talking to God. But like, God, where are you? Why are you ignoring me? If you stay silent, God, I might as well just die. They're going to kill me anyway. I'm coming to you for help. Where are you? Um, he doesn't use huge churchy words or technical terms. He's just talking to God. He simply talks to God with honesty. I think most of the time, okay, we don't pray. If we do pray, we pray about other people, the things we know we should pray for, our parents, our friend who's sick, other things we've been asked to pray for. Um, you got, it's really good and important to pray for yourself. And I don't think that is selfish. And I think we see in Scripture here that David does that all the time. And so whatever it is you're going through, be brutally honest with God. When I was in high school, I didn't pray like that. Remember when I first started to learn to pray I prayed like this, and it didn't go well for me. And I think it was not until college, and I was in a, I went to a Christian school, I was surrounded with a great Christian environment, but until I started to learn secret or what prayer really should be like. Um, one final one, David sort of talks about his own prayers. Psalm 17, verse 1, David writes, Hear me, Lord, my plea is just, listen to my cry, hear my prayer, it does not rise from deceitful lips. He's saying, God, would you please hear me? At the very least, I'm being totally honest with you. I'm trying to be brutally honest. There is no deceit in me. And you guys, that's what I think made all the difference, that David's prayers were nothing like a greeting card. And we think that we're supposed to pray like this. It's right, and it's formal, and there's a formula. Even like, I'm a formulaic kind of guy. I could use a formula. And again, there's the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and I think that's great, and I'm not... I'm not knocking that, like, talk to God about his kingdom coming and his will, you know, like, it doesn't need to be only our requests all of the time. But we tend to pray like this, and I think if David was here, he would say, guys, get gut level honest. Like, again, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And so why do we go to God only with the formal stuff, only like, hey, God, would you... I'm I don't really, I know I'm not supposed to be this way, but I am. Just even your emotions and your, your anger and your fear and your sadness, all that stuff. Your depression. I feel like I hear more and more about just people, uh, people dealing with depression on like a serious level. Um, and that's, and I don't know why that is, but pray your feelings. Um, we need to pray like this. David prayed prayers like this. You go, what is this? This Looks like a card with donuts on it. But it was blank on the inside until my wife wrote me a little note. And this particular one is one that Leslie wrote to me on a mission trip. Every mission trip, I uh, go DR or CIY or whatever. She writes me a note for every single day. Um, but this, right, is radically different. It's blank on the inside. Uh, I appreciate the donuts. That was nice. But it's like a love letter from somebody you love. And why is that so different? Because nobody, no corporation, no third party, some woman at working for Hallmark, wrote the card that Leslie just wrote me a handwritten note 
that meant everything. And again, I'm not knocking cards. Like, it, it's, what's weird, though, is we buy cards, and then we still write half a page in the, in the card, and you're like, you could have just used a piece of paper or something. Um, but it's like, this is precious to me. In fact, I have a whole, my nightstand drawer is full of note cards from Leslie from Mission Trips. I've kept every one of these. Happy Wednesday. Getting any sleep? Today's swimming day, and hopefully it doesn't rain. What have you guys been doing during your free time? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, a whole bunch. It's just personal, right? It's not formal. And so what's the difference between the two? Uh, she used her own language. I have a relationship with my wife. I wanted to hear from her. Um, in every way, there was this closeness. There was this nearness that just makes it great. And so that's the secret of prayer. This is not rocket science. Make it personal. What's the secret to prayer? To make it personal. And again, maybe for us it is, maybe for you, you go, I got that nailed down, Brad. The problem for me is I just don't do it because I don't think it works or I don't think it matters. I think it's irrelevant and I don't have time. And so again, maybe there's a whole nother talk or maybe in small groups tonight, you just pound into why should you pray? Um, look biblically at what difference it makes, at why it's important, but to make it personal. God wants you to be brutally honest in prayer. When it comes to like, what's the right way to pray? The right way to pray is to be real and to pray real prayers. So be real when you pray. Um, it's when prayer stops being stressful and starts being helpful. It's when prayer stops being boring and starts being meaningful. It's when you will suddenly start to feel close and connected with God again. And maybe for you in here, it's the one step where you go, I just don't feel that close to God. When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you prayed honestly? So to sort of wrap up, what if you started praying this way? What if you started talking to God in a brutally honest way? What if you started making your prayers personal? What if you wrote them out? Maybe for you, this really helped me a lot. That I, I cannot, you guys, half of you, maybe you start to pray when you go to bed, right? And you fall asleep. Did that countless times in high school. It, it helped me tremendously to write out my prayers just because it regulated like the pace of my mind. And it was the only way to stop my thoughts from just going elsewhere. Maybe you go, that's dumb because that sounds like a diary and I'm not doing that, Brad. I get that. Uh, I don't know. Text it. Like send, uh, maybe, I don't know, write it out on a note or in a text and send it to yourself. I don't know. Try different things in order to regulate your mind if you don't want to write out your prayers, but get creative. Um, so this week when you pray, stop trying to be someone you're not. Stop trying to make your prayers sound a certain way. And thirdly, stop worrying about what to say all together. Because if God looked at you or I think if God could, could say something to you, he would go, I want to be close to you and I want to speak to you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to feel connected with you. And that never happens when you come to me and you bring your false self, when you bring somebody else, when you're fake and when you're informal. That David had this like awesome relationship with God, still screwed up, did like, had a guy killed, had, you know, committed adultery. And yet he writes out this whole book of prayer. I mean, it's not the whole book of Psalms, but a lot of the Psalms are David's. God goes, I want that with you. And even you start to go, at the very least, I, I can say with clarity, God speaks to you through his word, the Bible. And I think he speaks in other ways too, but I think you've got to be careful there about what's the voice of God and what's not. But at the very least, pray with your Bible open. Seek out scripture passages that can feed you and that give the promises of, of the God of the Bible, the God of the universe to you. 
So when you go home tonight, I want you to challenge you to pray to God with total honesty. And the right way to pray is praying real prayers um, and make it personal, okay?